Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit podcast. <coughs> Hi everybody, you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast, the show that brings you all things hard rock and heavy metal, with tonight's host, me, Georgina, and Blake. Hi, Blake. Hi, Georgina. How are you tonight? Okay, very well, thank you. And I should mention first that you can follow us at our website, www.themetalpit.org, and on Instagram and Facebook, at the metal pit and what album are we going to talk about tonight georgina well tonight's show is about faith no more and the real thing so if you're a fan this one's for you and if you're not a fan well you you really need to become one right after this podcast and um (laughs) if you haven't heard this album well uh what you can expect is like a mix of funk heavy metal and um, rock and pop mishmash together all into one with like these lethal doses of sarcasm and surrealism brought to you by Mike Patton. Blake, take it away. Well, it's not just Mike Patton, it's Faith No More. Absolutely, but, you're right. But, you're right. <laughs> but I, do, I do believe this conversation is going to lead a lot towards Mike Patton and his singing <laughs> style and his lyrics and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right, right. It definitely will. Well, I mean, the real thing, it was a huge leap forward for uh, Faith No More. It truly, truly was. And um, the album would kind of introduce the world to one of the greatest rock most, you know, vocalists of all time, which I believe is Mike Patton. I just love the pieces. And um, I believe the real thing was the third studio album. And it was released back in June of 1989. What a great year that was um, by Slash and Reprise. And um, we all know that the first album by the band, this actually did feature a vocalist, Chuck Mosley. Um, instead, it featured Mike. And Mike was from, you know, like an experimental funk band that we all recollect, Mr. Bungle. And I am so glad they, they made this switch. Um, I, I really, really am. Well, I think that they made the switch mostly because Chuck wasn't very... Uh... Like I read that he would fall asleep during shows and things like this. Oh so goodness. I don't think he was too serious about right. the music like the rest of the band was. Oh, well. Oh. Well, they made a right choice without, <laughs> without question. Yes, I can't imagine like in any of these albums if Mike Patton wasn't singing. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I agree with you. Now, I I remember like a few things and memories about shows that I, you know, when I saw Faith No More live and when I got introduced um, to this band. Do you have any fond memories that you want to share with us, Blake, tonight? I'm I'm trying to remember when I first even, I think I it was probably, I know it was this album is what I discovered them. But it's hard. It's so long ago, 1989, of course, (laughs) to remember. But it was probably the first song 
Okay, the first song out of nowhere. I probably saw the Provide. video on Much Music, you know, your MTV. <laughs> I'm assuming that's when I first heard them, or it could have been the video for Epic. It's hard to remember which I heard first, but that would have been my first introduction to the band. And I'm sure as soon as I heard it, I ran out and bought it or whatever. <laughs> as for seeing them live, though, I only seen them live once. And did I, I don't know if I mentioned this on our other podcast, but anyway, it was when they opened for Metallica and Guns N' Roses on the Guns N' Roses User Illusion Tour. So they only played whatever, 40 minutes. And they, I don't remember. I mean, I know I loved Faith No More, but that was, again, so long ago and so many concerts ago that. I don't really recall it that well, but I'm sad that that's the only time I ever got to see them live. Well, I mean, I love this band and they are one of like my all time favorite bands of all time, um, along with my undying man crush on Mike Patton that like everyone's aware of. <laughs> really, I think I first heard um, uh, Faith No More at a friend's house party and I was like, what on earth is this? Who is this? What is this? And oh my God, it was like amazing. And the last time I saw them when they were on tour back in 2010, it was, I actually saw them at the Williamsburg waterfront in Brooklyn. And I remember it was a perfect and dreamy night. And, and the minute the band came out in their like pastel colored suits, like everyone lost it. Like everybody in the audience went bananas and I remember that I almost got trampled by everyone behind me like they kept on pushing me towards the stage and Larry Gatlin I don't know where you are and if you're out there and who knows if you if someone knows him that is listening to this right like, where are you Larry where are you these days he actually spotted me out in the audience and he saw me getting sucked in into this vortex and he literally came out of nowhere and he grabbed my hand before I got like devoured by the sea of like crazed fans and and he pulled me out of there and I swear to God it was great. It was probably one of the most memorable experiences I, I, I ever had at a um, at a music concert. Really was. So with all that being said, um let's go down the list and dissect the album, shall we, Blake? Sure. All right, you start. Okay, well the first song again is out of nowhere which was the first single and the first video from this album. This was more of the, like there's so many different aspects to this album, but this song is kind of a more traditional, just heavy rock song, melodic vocal lines with Patton's unique vocal delivery. And on the video, he's just acting like a maniac whenever he's not singing, <laughs> which is probably what he always does. <laughs> but it's one of the, but yeah, it's more of a traditional song as compared to some of the other ones that we'll get to later. What do you think of this song? Right. Well, uh, his his like voice here like hits my spinal fluids. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I'm just like always so impressed with um, uh, his enunciation. Like he prone he like he pronounces every word while he's staying in key. And with you've got these crunchy chords and these killer you know bass lines here, and they all kind of work together. Um, along with the drums to create like this energetic opener. And then you have like the symphonic keyboard line and then, you know, Patton busts out with this nasal vocal delivery. And like, you wanna like sing along with this. It's got like this sing-along type of nature. And it's basically, I believe, uh, you know, 
a song about like falling in love or something like that. You know, like one minute here and one minute there and it hurts inside, one minute here and one minute there and then you wave goodbye. Oh my God. <laughs> this song was also, I, this was covered by lots of groups over the years. One that I know well was Halloween covered it in one of their cover, they had a cover right. EP or whatever. So that right, was cool. You're right. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. Next on the list, Blake. Well, that would be their epic song, Epic, <laughs> which is probably their most popular song ever, I guess. And they they're a lot of times they're called rap metal, but this is really the only song to me that has any rap kind of stuff in it. And that this song is really, I guess, probably what broke them, really, I think. Right. Definitely. I actually have a fun fact about this song. You want to hear it? Sure. So a guy went to live with his grandmother, right? After attempting suicide, right? I know and this. Do you know this? Do you know where I'm yes. going with this? So he was lying <laughs> on the couch, wondering where his life would take him, right? Then this song came on. And I think it was uh, their their live MTV performance that kind of inspired this fellow so much that he went on to become the lead singer of a band that you may have heard of. Do you know what that band was? Uh, maybe Slipknot? Yeah, Bing, Bing, Bing. It was Corey Taylor. Very good. Yup. And I, I, you know, I, I just kind of, I, I just have so many fond memories of this song and um I remember when I first heard this song, I had it like in my like little phone covered headphones and it was plugged into my little Sony Walkman. And I was oh, wait, like, wait, Georgina, what is what? it about the song that you love so much? <laughs> what is it? Oh, my God. There's like so much to it, you know, that there's 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 a piece of uh, there's memories to this as well. You know, like I just remember the memories that kind of get conjured up of like me hearing it on my Walkman and then me hearing Epic in my car. And then it even sounded better when my mom heard it. And I said, hey, mom, you want to hear a band? Like, because everything I used to listen to when I was a kid, I'd say, hey, mom, you want to listen to this? Because she she actually was a big inspiration when I was really, really young because she introduced me to the Beatles. She had all these vinyl records. But anyway, now in my adult years, when I hear Epic and I hear this whole album before we did this um, uh, podcast, I listen to it again and it just never gets old. And it brought me back to those really beautiful moments. Um, and some people are going to obviously know this song and a lot of people might even be sick of it. And uh, I remember watching this on repeat on MTV over and over again. And it's basically a funky like conglomerate conglomeration. I got tongue tied there. Um, of like rap, like you said, and um, like rock with this great solo and like this piano intro that lives up to the side, the title of this song. I really, I really love it. I get all tongue tied with this song because I just love it so much. Talking about Faith No More is so easy for me because I am such a diehard fan. It's not even funny. So that's my little spiel about Epic. And well, I hope the fish lived in that video. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I read the animal rights groups didn't like that too much. Oh, did they? Oh, my gosh. Oh, well. <laughs> Peter Power. Okay, tell me what you think of Falling to Pieces. You first. You first. Okay. Uh, well, I mostly what I thought about this song, I'll let you describe the song maybe, but the lyrics... 
Even though sometimes lyrics don't mean anything to me, <laughs> I love some of the lyrics in the song. And actually, the song is more is so relatable today with all the mental health issues that so many people have, including Mike Patton, actually. And the, the lyrics kind of hit home for people now. I, I think the lyrics mean more to me now than they did back then, because I probably didn't really pay attention to the lyrics as much as I might now. And I just love the like it's all these lyrics are written by Mike Patton and he was only 20 years old at the time this album was done, which is amazing, of course. <laughs> but I just love the line from the bottom. It looks like a steep incline from the top, another downhill slope of mine. But I know that equilibrium's there. I just thought <laughs> that was so genius and easy at the same time. Yeah. I mean, Heck, he is a genius. I actually, I, I, I actually remember watching this um, on MTV in the '90s as a kid, and I was like memorized. You know, I was like, I was totally like mesmerized watching this, and I was jumping around in my parents' living room. I remember like it was yesterday. I think this is where my uh, patent man crush started, and um, as you mentioned, the the official video clip like has this insane opening with this spinning cat and then you know all this craziness going on and as as the song like it features some like really nice rhythm work and um the opening has a great intro and obviously you've got billy gould you know plucking away at his bass and then puffy doing his thing um and roddy playing like this really smooth keyboard part and like it builds up into this like rocking verse and Honestly, the lyrics are some of my favorite, and uh, they're so inspirational, as you know, you mentioned. And I'm just gonna take up where you left off with indecision clouds my vision. No one listens, right? Because I'm somewhere in between my love and my agony. You see me? I'm somewhere in between. My life is falling to pieces. Somebody put me together, right? Love it. Yes, I love the lyrics on this song. Wasn't he wearing a? I think he was wearing a skirt in that video, wasn't he? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a lumberjack kind of skirt, I think, because I just watched. I watched a couple of the videos today. I believe this was the third video from the album. I'm not sure if there was any more. I don't remember. I didn't really look. I forget. Right. Now, now the next song you might be able to guess surprise you're dead you could probably guess this is my favorite song on the album <laughs> yeah because it's the most heavy metal song on the album tell and, us tell us more tell us more Bird <laughs> and this i don't know i don't know if you know this or not but the song was originally written in the 70s by the guitarist jim martin when he was in a band called agents of misfortune with a bass player named cliff burton Ooh. Went on to play with Metallica, of course, for three albums, right? Right, right. yes. But yes, this is so thrashy and is it's short and sweet, but it's thrashy and is just the most metal song on the album to me. And and I love this one. Yeah, it is great. I mean, what a versatile band. And uh I was just thinking because I, I before we like decided to do this I, I you know listened to everything and I watched a few videos and I Mike's in the video right and he's in this black and white hoodie and and the black and white hoodies around his head like a babushka right 
And then you see all these war clips um, in the in the video that are mixed in, and you you see some subliminal messages going on here. And I don't know if you ever paid attention. And I'm like one of these people I, I pay attention to, like the visuals and the subliminal messages. Ooh, and he has the coins on his eyes, and you hear like this wicked laughing. And like you said, like this is probably like one of the the harder. This is like pure metal. And you, you cannot not blast this tune because it, it conjures, right? Right? I mean, yes. I blast this tune and it conjures up all these like feelings, these emotions. This is like a thrash metal song. And this is like one for the metal heads. It's like an aggressive song in comparison to like all the other things, you know, that he has here on the album. And, and Patton shows us like this nasty side, this, 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 rapping style and he sings about defeating the enemy and you know these you have these thrashy riffs going on and i i just love it i'm right behind you there blake and the and like it says surprise you're dead guess what it never ends that is just so real <laughs> totally he's genius really now we got zombie eaters yes I have a feeling you like this song now i do too and this is uh this is actually i think this is a baby singing isn't it <laughs> yes it is yep it's it's kind of it's 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 kind of like tapping into the maternal side of people yeah it's like a mother baby relationship from the baby's perspective i don't know if there's ever any other songs where the lyrics are from a baby's point of view <laughs> No. With with lyrics like so hug me and kiss me, then wipe my butt and piss me. Yes. You forgot your everything, right? That's why I cling to you. And all my thoughts converge to you. Oh my God. You know, like the whispering, the whispering like just completely gets me. Like I absolutely love this song. You won't hear me say anything negative about any of these songs on this album. I really want, should I, should I go now? Should I, are you going to let me babble on of how much I love this song with the clean acoustics and the, you know, the drowning bass that's kind of overpowering everything else. And, and it creates like this foreboding mood that, that you have to love. And then once the keyboards come in, you have like this powerful intro that builds up Then you have the drums, you have the keyboard dynamics and, and everything kind of works together. And as you said, right, Patton sings about being this temperamental baby. And for me, this his, you know, this hits home because I'm a parent. And um, and and at the end, you know, it, it, this is just kind of what, what a great song. I really, really love it. He's like, I like to make a mess, and I like to laugh at your distress. Now, you're you you're a dad too, so I think you kind of know where things going with this. Yeah. <laughs> well yes i'm a dad but as you know my kids are adopted so i didn't have a baby so i didn't have them you know nobody understands this type of toys in my hands well my kids didn't have little toys they had big toys <laughs> right all right okay well you know when i had i must have played this song hundreds of times like hundreds of times blake and um, yes and i love how it picks up and and it kind of gets thrashy too at the end too and i guess the baby's mad or something 
<laughs> so I mean, I've even played this with my son around and it, like he's now nine. Like, I don't think he gets it, but it's just so it's just such a like a, a adorable tune. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> yes. Then we got the real thing, which is like, the I believe, the longest song on the album. I know it's eight and a half minutes long. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about this song. All right. Well, I'm. This song gives me goosebumps, right? Um, because in reality, how so many people take anything that's real for granted. Everyone kind of now today kind of embraces anything that's fake. Fake hair, fake body, fake everything, right? Fake personality. Yes. I hate to say it, but you know, the, the world can be a very fake place and superficial, right? With, with no life into it whatsoever. So I believe the only people in this world that embrace the real thing are those that like are original, they're naturally talented or they're creative and not just respect the real thing, but never deny its embrace. So the song starts off with like this simple drum pattern and then builds into this amazing like interweaving of like guitars and keyboards, bass, drums, the whole enchilada. And the words cannot do this song justice. And all this like key signature shifting and then throw in the lyrics, like the first time love urged you to take its guidance in silence. Oh my God, just beautiful, just beautiful, really. That's, that's enough to say about that song. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could say more if you want me to, but let's stop there. I digress. You want oh, to go underwater fine. love? Underwater love? Underwater love. Now I uh I like the song. I hate to say that I like the song. I don't like songs with the word love in it. So this is weird. <laughs> I like Are songs you? with the word dead in it, like you know, oh, the other one. <laughs> uh, you're just a softie. But it still makes me with his with Mike Patton again his singing style I can handle it and I I can't believe I would even say sing along to a song saying hold me closer keep me near I'm going why am I saying this stuff but he just makes it so easy to sing along with them on the song and but I guess this would be your this would be your uh, new metal love song well, there's a little twist to this song now, right? When you listen to the lyrics, right? In my opinion, like this is an underrated classic, really. But you'll never hear this song on the radio. You won't. No. Um, you, you will not. And there's we won't hear any. No, not this one, especially. Well, but it's 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 bounce it's bouncy. It's got this funk rhythm. It's got this great keyboards, and it sounds like this beach party, really. You know, like like the title suggests, and it's it's a great sing along because you even you look you're singing along <laughs> to it, and everybody else is singing along to it. So I think we can also agree that um, the bass in this song is like freaking outrageous, really. And <laughs> I hate to say it, but ironically, the lyrics are supposed to be about drowning a lover. Believe it or not, it's about drowning a lover. So, for example, well, it's still a love song. It, it is a love song, but they're drowning the person, like forever longing to make you mine in a bathtub. Like it's counteracting like this happy vibe and these like casual lyrics and this passionate delivery about 
drowning someone is really one of a kind and and this man is a genius he really really is but yes yeah up next the morning after mm -hmm. now i'm not sure that this song can either be about uh the morning after having maybe a sexual encounter or maybe it's possibly the birth of a vampire <laughs> have you ever thought of that this is there there's this 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 song was like criminally overlooked on this amazing album if you really listen to the to the lyrics here Yesterday's forgotten the moment after. <laughs> so after Chuck Mosley wrote this song, like before he was kicked out of the darn band, and then Patton came in and he made it really his own. And uh, the dynamics work, and there's some powerful parts in in this song, but it's it's dark as well. But it's it's sheer sheer bliss. <laughs> Yes. Then we get an instrumental called Woodpecker from Mars. Yeah. Now, are you a big, are you an instrumental fan on bands like I this? Love, yeah, I do. I love instrumentals. I think from my last interview, you can tell, like, I dig, I dig instrumentals. People that do <laughs> instrumentals, guitar, I like it. Yes. So I do love this song. Tell me why you love this song. How do you know I love it? No, I do. Because he I like, was. <laughs> I like instrument. It's funny, though, because when I think of Faith No More, even though I'm sure they're good musicians, but I've never really thought much of, like, they have the best guitar riffs or the best solos or the best drummer or whatever. But but this is the only song without Mike Patton, of course. And then it just proved does prove how great musicians they are and it is a great instrumental and it's kind of has a classical feel to it and that and and it's got woodpecker from mars that's a great title isn't it for an instrumental absolutely i didn't know what to expect when i first saw it on the back of the you know on, on their album i was like woodpecker from mars what, what is this what, what on earth are they talking about and uh, i mean jim martin's guitar tone on the song is, is, is it's so crisp and it's eerie and it's kind of haunting and the instrumentals just sound like this 19th century like battalion preparing to go to war you know me I'm like a war buff anyway <laughs> so I was kind of like oh my god this is it's like I'm going to some kind of a war with this classically inspired keyboard line that it just sounds amazing and then in comes the drums and then you hear some like major bass slapping here and then the guitar work. And then we have like this loopy funk metal thrash song that kind of was created with this like incredible rush that, that comes in. And I, I'll be honest with you, only Faith No More can pull this off, <laughs> really. Um, I was gonna say something else about that. Um... Oh Talk yeah. Talk to me, Blake. Tell well, us. Oh, sorry. Tell us. It's just it's such a great title. Don't it's, hold it back. You, you just imagine you can just imagine what Mike Patton's lyrics would be if they would have put some lyrics to the song Woodpecker from Mars. That would have been so interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. That's that's very true. I guess and next it's kind of a surprise to get a cover song of Black Sabbath <laughs> with their version of War Pigs. Right. And how do you how do you feel about this version of War Pigs? 
Well, I love Black Sabbath and I love, they, they, they totally respected um, uh, and, and did this cover justice. I mean, they, they, the cover of Black Sabbath were pigs. This is like one of the rare covers that has been taken by a band that they kind of made the song their own and it's, and it's, and it's awesome. It's and everybody, I think a lot of fans love this. Now, obviously, it's not as dark and menacing as like the original, right? The Sabbath version, but they they definitely made up for it. So I mean, I I just love this rendition of War Pigs. I really do. Yeah, they did a great job with everything, the music on it, his singing, like I mean, Ozzy, everybody loves Ozzy, but He's not necessarily the greatest singer in the world, <laughs> but, but uh, he did a great job. They all did a great job on the song and it is one of the best Sabbath covers I've heard. I think. Yeah, for sure. Now, Ed, now the closing song edge of the world. I'm not sure I want to know what the song is about. <laughs> because Why we have well, because we have lines like, hey, little girl, would you like some candy? <laughs> right, right. You you know where he's going. You definitely know where he's going here. And, you know, that I'm 40 years older, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then let's see. Let me see those pearlies. I'll do anything for the little girlies. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure. This is kind of, this is kind of it's kind of a ballad with lyrics that are kind of, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Little twisted, no. Oh yes, twisted. I mean, Imagine yeah, that. I mean, Mike Mike Patton is twisted. Hmm, you gotta love. Him. I mean, th this is an example, right, of what Faith No More does incredibly well. I mean, really, like their music, right, leads you in one direction, but the lyrics leads you into a different direction, right? And, and the beauty of this song, it sounds like a lounge song, right? And it almost feels kind of out of place in this album. And if, yes. if there are people that are listening to this podcast, right, that are listening, they'll be like, why is this song here? It sounds like it doesn't belong here, but it does, right? You, you got the swinging bass line, and then you have like this barroom piano that adds up like the smooth rhythm Unlike anything else on the whole darn album, there's nothing that sounds like this. And then, like you said, it's basically someone being a dirty old man falling in love with a minor. That's basically the whole uh, premise of the song. Yeah. Yes. That's a feel good song. <laughs> yeah. He goes, You can trust for some me. people, I'm no I guess. Criminal, yeah. right? For right? some He's, people. Yeah. Right. And he says, I'd kill my mother to be with you. Right. So. That these twisted lyrics um, shine ever so brightly on the real thing, not just on this song, but as we see on multiple occasions um, on this album. And anyone who knows this man's music knows what a mind-blowing number one vocalist he is. And there's no exception on, on this album or any other one. And I, I just I just enjoy his material and his body of work. I, I just love Mike Patton and uh, yeah, the song. Everyone should rush out and kind of play the song right now and all the actually songs. what Mike Patton said in a quote when interviewed about his lyrics. <clears throat> 
he said, I think too many people think too much about my lyrics. I am more a person who works more with the sound of a word than with its meaning. Often I just choose the words because of the rhythm, not because of the meaning, which makes a lot of sense on other albums, later albums, Angel Dust, and especially where there's lots of lyrics that make no sense at all, but it still sounds amazing. (laughs) Right, right. I had a talk actually with somebody in a band who was telling me that she was having problems with writing lyrics or she was stuck on some lyrics. And I told her, well, you know, I love Faith No More and they have all these lyrics that make no sense at all. So like, just say anything, who cares? As long as the music's good, it'll pass. (laughs) Right, well, maybe she might have a point there. Um, So in conclusion, Blake, what do you think? What do you think of the CD? Um, well, I love, I love the album, but it's not my favorite Faith No More album, but it's the first Faith No More album I heard. Uh, hmm, I'm trying to rate it, but if I was to rate it at a 10, I'd give it a, I'll say nine. Cause I could have did without the last song. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll give it well, a nine out of 10. All right. All right. Well, uh, I guess for me, uh, calling this CD, um, anything less than a 10, sorry, Blake, is a crime, is a crime. So, <laughs> so everybody that's listening to this podcast, if you like, um, uh, like, you know, hard rock music at all, do yourself a favor and pick this up. If you have not heard, um, uh, this album or any faith no more, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, uh, to me, the real thing is five stars for sure, for many different reasons. Um, everything about this album is uh, spectacular, and and even though, like Blake says, like they probably they probably became even greater um, on Angel Dust. Th- this one is like one hell of an album, and it it truly uh, came from out of nowhere. And and for me, it's just pure genius. I, I just I just love it. So I, I give it a ten. I figured you would. Yeah. What what gave you that that vibe? Did I give it away? <laughs> It's been, well, it's so obvious. <laughs> actually, well, when when this album came out, it came out like you said, uh, June '89, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it didn't make it into the Billboard top to top two hundred till uh, February in 1990, when after Epic was released as a second single. So it didn't make it into the top two hundred on Billboard until then, and it peaked at number eleven, and that wasn't until October of 1990. So it took a while for this album to sink into people, but I believe it still is their best-selling album to date. Right, very commercial. It went platinum in Canada and United States, I believe. Right. And it ranked, it ranked where I wrote that down. Oh, it ranked, it was, it made it to number two in Australia (laughs) and number three in New Zealand. So they really like it over there. Right, right, wow. (laughs) And it made it to number 10 in Canada and number 11 in the United States. Right. Well, that's that's cool. That's that's like uh, interesting. I and one other, that. and you mentioned the Corey Taylor before. Yes. I also read that uh, Corn's guitarist Brian Head Welch listed it as an album that changed his life. Recalling he was seventeen when he first heard it, and before that he listened to lots of Metallica and Living Color and Fishbone. 
and he liked all that stuff, but Faith No More moved him in a different direction more than anybody else did. And it totally changed the way he thought about music and stuff. And I guess that kind of helped Corn get going. Right, right. I mean, everyone's kind of still waiting for, for something to come out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting a bated breath for them to kind of tour or get together and just kind of pay us a visit and just kind of, you know, grace their their godly presence amongst us i'm like just kind of get together and come on and see us sometime come back to new york but uh, well i think right now still mike Patton is having uh mental health issues himself because they were supposed to go on they were supposed to tour during covid or you know covid happened so it canceled the tour and then they did reschedule dates but then he said he had health issues or mental health issues and i read in an interview with him that he didn't want to leave the because he, he loved covid because he didn't have to leave the house and see anybody and i can i can concur with that <laughs> but now he's he's at his he's at a point where he doesn't want to leave the house still um, now this was a few months ago where i read this interview so hopefully he's getting better and hopefully yes they'll be able to tour again because i would love the chance to see them live since I don't really recall much of the first time I seen them live, but I guess it's a wait and see kind of thing. Yeah, I hope I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well. I really do. Well, do you want to you want to go down the list? Maybe do like a top ten of uh, your favorites. Hey, or well, what you think would be sure. Your well, well, we we both made up a top twenty song list. I don't know whose right. dumb idea this was to do. I guess it was mm-hmm. mine. <laughs> it's not a dumb idea. You can do twenty. You can do ten because they only have seven albums we could have ranked the albums and that would have been easy because one and two would have been six and seven (laughs) well it'll still be hard i guess but anyway yes we'll do the top 10 now do you want me to go first yeah of course you go first okay if any of my top 10 are in well you don't have that doesn't matter you can react to any of mine if you want but so number now I, I didn't write down what albums these are from because sometimes I might forget. It but. doesn't matter. All the <laughs> listeners will know or they'll find out. They'll probably listen and, and grab them. It's so it's so hard to kind of rank them above other it ones. Is. Really? Like my first one, I think I got that standing out, but it is hard. But anyway, number 10, I got the gentle art of making enemies. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, very good. I think that's from King for a Day, I believe. And number nine, we got Zombie Eaters. I love it. And number eight, I have Ugly in the Morning. That's a classic. <laughs> Which really. is another one of these songs where <laughs> he's just right near the end of the song. He just keeps repeating Ugly in the Morning faster and faster until he's not even saying words. And it's just like, oh, I love this. But I don't know what you're saying, but it's great. <laughs> mm. Number seven, I got Be Aggressive, which is from uh, the, uh, shoot, yes, that one. You don't have to say, you don't have to give the listeners. I know, but I had the name, I just forget because we're talking so much, so now I forget the name of the album. But the fourth album, the one right after The Real Thing, Angel Dust, sorry, that's it, yes. (laughs) And then I have a few of their weird songs up here, so I guess I like weird songs. Number six, I have Take This Bottle. Oh, that's a great one, though. That's a great one. That should be in a movie, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. And let's see, number five, I have Smaller and Smaller, which is also from Angel Dust. Mm-hmm. And number four, I have Caffeine, because who doesn't love caffeine? 
and I'm sure Mike Patton must be have lots of caffeine or other stuff. <laughs> Number three is maybe this is the weirdest Faith and More song. I'm not sure, but RV, which is also from Angel Dust. Oh, wow. Really? Number three, Blake? Wow. Yes, I love that song. You are a weirdo. Oh, my God. You are a weirdo to put in a top three. (laughs) Well, he's a swinging guy, and he throws a towel over the shower curtain rod, and he swings. Yes. Come on. That's genius, isn't it? (laughs) It absolutely is. Now, so number one and number two. uh, um, Okay, I'll just say it. I was going to have you guess, but. Number no, I'm gonna have you guess them at number one. Oh, number two I, I have is no su- idea. Okay, we'll just wait. Number two is Surprise You're Dead, which is off of this album because yeah. it's the most heavy and thrashiest. And I bet you're gonna be surprised at what my number one is. I guess you won't have a guess, it's too hard to guess. But my number one is just a man. Ooh. <laughs> which I is also a little, it's a little off the wall for like wow. you know it's what not as weird as like your rv and take this bottle yeah I, I don't know it's just uh and it has that female guest vocals on that song mm-hmm. too yep, and yep, it's yep, just yep. a song i just love that song even wow. though it's not that it's not that heavy or not that metal or anything it's probably the one of the furthest things away from metal that they have but wow. i just love that song well, you know, I learned a lot about you tonight. <laughs> I really did. Just the fact that you like these. I was like, wow, these are like the B-sides. You know, these are these the, the interesting songs. Well, I'm I always mean, I, like that. Oh, it's cool. I respect that. I mean, I went a little more mainstream, though. I won't get into the details of the albums because guys and girls, you should know this already. Um, Ten for me would be smaller and smaller. Um, nine would be falling to pieces. Um, eight would be digging the grave. Seven, I'd put in um, from out of nowhere. Six, I I absolutely love this song, Ashes to Ashes. Um, love that song. Seven, uh, everything's ruined. Blake, everything's ruined. Blake, boohoo. Four, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real thing. Um, Three zombie eaters, uh, two midlife crisis. Oh my! And um, one I'll put epic. One I'll put epic. That's why this is just kind of so great. You have a lot of hit singles on there. Well, yes, I do. I fell well, into the mainstream. I got suckered up. I got. I. I took the punch. I took the punch. But depending on the day and depending on the album, like I could toggle these because I'm like a true true fan I, there, there's not really any negative um uh, sentiments that i could say about faith no more i really love um mike Patton's body of work i love all of his um you know solo stuff uh, i could even kind of give you my two cents about you know his uh other uh you know projects that he has i just i just really really enjoy um faith no more's uh, body of work and his solo stuff i really do so that's my list everybody um how high would you, do you have any songs in your top 20 from the first two albums um it's a mishmash it's a mishmash <laughs> it's a mishmash i even threw like on the uh, 20 20 i put we care a lot so I did i like, <laughs> did you yeah 20 was we care a lot and that's uh, that's about it I mean, you know, like, 
Do you yes. want me to go? You want me to go like up? You want me to give you the other 10? I was like, I did. We care a lot. And then I put in crack Hitler and then I put war <laughs> pigs and then, then small victory. Um, and then I put in evidence, which I think is, that's a really great song. That was 16. Um, 15 was land of sunshine. Uh, 14 was be aggressive. 13 was ricochet, which is another great song. Um, 12 is edge of the world and 11 is your thrash um uh smash hit surprise you're dead which truly is a great song well i guess i can say my uh so i had my 20 was we care a lot 19 was epic 18 was cuckoo for kaka <laughs> uh 17 was digging the grave 16 mm -hmm. out of nowhere 15 king for a day 14 cone of shame from their most well their latest Ooh. album which is years ago wow. now but wow. 13 a small victory 12 kindergarten mm. and 11 is what a day if wow. you can hold your vomit it's what a day yeah good job wow i love it and actually you mentioned these in all these other groups mr bungle is great they're Last album had something about the Easter Bunny. I forget the whole title, but that was a great album with Scott Ian from Anthrax on guitar on that album. Right. And his other band, Dead Cross, was actually the number one album last year in our top 30 metal albums yes. of the year. Yes, it was. For sure. Yes, with, it was. <laughs> but, so yes. So, so we're like, you know, I mean, there's so many, you've got Phantomas, you know, you've got Lavage, you've got Peeping Tom that he's done. He's so eccentric in, um, in his image and who he kind of, you know, gets with to kind of collaborate. He's even done stuff with, you know, cause I've kind of dilly dallied in jazz music as well. And I was a big John, you know, John Zorn fan. And um, he's done like a ton of stuff with the Melvins and, uh, but God only knows, I can't remember who else. Was it the Dillinger Escape Plan, I think? Uh, he co-produced something with them, and then he co-produced or produced something with uh, Sepultura. And um, I mean, he just kind of, he gets around. He really, really gets around. But thankfully, he gets around because I love all of this stuff. And he also he also does like guest spots on opera albums and things like that too. It's like he was all over the place. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I have a couple other notes here that I'm gonna mention. I like this one because in 1997, after the album or on the album of the year tour, they played with Limp Biscuit, but the Faith No More fans regularly booed Limp Biscuit, and that's always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Jim, guitarist Jim Martin was in, of course, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Did you see yeah. that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, he's in, yeah. he was in that. And they used Faith, one of Faith No More songs in the soundtrack of that movie. I don't, I think it was a song they wrote for the movie, but of course I didn't write that down. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But Jim Martin did leave the band after Angel Dust as he didn't like the musical direction of the band, probably because he was a metal guy and they were probably getting too far away from metal for his liking. Right. And right. when they when Mike when they, they fired the Mosley singer, so all the when Mike joined the band, all the music was already written 
so, but I guess none of the other man, band members could write lyrics, I guess. So right. Mike Patton wrote all lyrics in like a two week period. And like I said before, he was only 20 at the time that he did that. And he made an amazing album. Right. Yeah. Really, I mean, you could just go on on with, um, with his collaborations and, and what he's done. I don't know. Is he, is he living here in the United States, Blake? Do you know? Is he in Italy now? Uh, I think he's in the States, but I it can't quote me on that. I'm not positive. Right. I don't know if it was Moderna, Italy. I know his, uh, um, I think he was there for a while, but I don't know. Well, hopefully he's back here in the States with us here. And um, yes, and, uh, mental health that he needs. But like you said, in, in September of um, what back in 2021, that um, he canceled all those shows. Yes. Now, is this your favorite Faith No More album then? Um, I, it's hard to say because I like so many of these albums and they all kind of, they're, they're in the same, they're in the same ranking because I'm such a diehard fan that I, I don't have anything to kind of say like, oh, I don't like this album. They all kind of bleed into each other and kind of, I favor them <laughs> in the same ranking. How about you? Well, I wouldn't say this is my favorite album, but it is kind of, it's just like the song titles we did. It's hard to pick, but I mean, I really like Angel Dust. I like Angel Dust more than this one, I think. And I also like King for a Day a lot. And, but still, even on Faith No More, there's songs like Midnight Cowboy. I really don't need to hear that song. <laughs> right, right. So there's always some weird songs that usually stand out. It's like, ugh. But but they're all great. Like, I mean, there's so many great songs and they usually have a whole bunch of songs on their albums. They don't write short albums. But yeah, I would say, I guess if I had to pick one, I would say Angel Dust is my favorite. All right. Okay. That's cool. You know, I, I, I forgot to mention, like I, I read this article way back when and um, they, I forgot who it was that asked them, one of these like really very popular writers mentioned um, and asked him who uh, his influence were, his influences were, and who his favorite singers were. And um, the interesting thing, one person that I remember like vividly that he mentioned is uh, Diamanda Gallus. And I love being a New Yorker, number one, I love Diamanda Gallus. And um, she definitely is not um, a, a, a highly commercialized figure, but um, I can see him liking her body of work. I believe he also had mentioned um, Sinatra, and I think that's where you get that little jazzy swinging stuff that um, mm -hmm. comes in. And I think he mentioned uh, Bad Brains also, and I can kind of see that uh, coming into play as well. But um, it, it was just interesting um, uh, that he mentioned a few others, and I'm trying to kind of think off the top of my head. I don't know if it was Tom Waits that he had mentioned and uh, Stevie Wonder and um, a fellow. He was actually a, a Greek Italian singer, um, Demetrio Stratos uh, as well. So these people that you you wouldn't think um, uh, would be influences were were actually uh, uh, some of his greater influences that kind of you know directed him um, uh, into being who he is today you know cool stuff well his vocals are always so 
like every song, like you could play somebody three songs from one album and they would never think it's the same singer on each song. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Because their songs are all over the place too. Like it's like, I would say the real thing is pretty, it's not as far fetched as some of the other later albums where they're kind of more all over the place there with songs and styles. And there's so many different styles that they throw into their music. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I, I think I read like, you know, to bring something that's totally like a 360 of what we're talking about. But I just kind of I just kind of thought to myself, because I used to listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, I did. I used to listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think um, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a really good CD. But I, I, I think uh, he had a feud with um, Anthony uh, Kaitis for a while. Like these guys had some kind of like beef. Uh, going on that turned ugly at uh, one of their tours. Now, I don't remember like the the gory detail, but I remember that, uh, you know, these guys had some kind of bad blood uh, going on at one point. And um, I don't know where they're at now, but uh, word of mouth, I remember back when is that uh, they they had some kind of, there was some kind of controversy going on there. Yeah, I read that somewhere today too. Uh, but of course I didn't make a note of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was because people thought they sounded the same because I do see it where he says, I think this is Mike Patton talking. <clears throat> no, this is Randy Bottom talking. And he says, to me, our band sounds nothing like Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you're talking about long hair, rapping with the shirt off, then yeah, I can see similarities. So it must have been the Red Hot Chili Peppers thought that they were maybe copying them or something like that. Some kind of thing like that. But I never listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, Faith wow. No More is my only alternative metal band that I listen to, I would say, probably. Well, you've made a good choice, that's for sure. You definitely um, made a, a good choice there. Okay, well, we should probably wrap this up. All right. I could, you know, I could go on and on. I know that he's been in a couple of films as well. So he's like, he's such a versatile performer. And he's like, put his his two cents in so many things and like film scores and, um, uh, you know, CDs and performing with various people just a really great inclusive person to just kind of, you know, not limit himself to just oh, like this one track type of style. Really, really, I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm clapping for you, Michael. I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> I'll tag you later. <laughs> I'll tag you with this podcast. Hopefully someone from the tribe will listen to it. But yeah, we could wrap it up. You know, I could keep going. Yes, I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks for joining us this week, everybody, um, on the Metal Pit Podcast. Blake, you want to take it out home? Yes, thank you, everybody. And we'll be back in another week, hopefully, with another podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Bye, Georgina. Yeah, bye, everybody. Bye, Blake. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs>